Grove. Welcome to The Sip. We have somebody who crowd surfed at the Olympics with us. Mm. His name is Jaron Quigley. He is our senior director of customer loyalty. Welcome, Jaron. Thank you for having me. And what year wow. did you crowd surf? Crowd surfing at the Olympics. This would have been 2002 in Salt Lake City. When they gave out the medals, they did it in, in downtown Salt Lake. And then they would have a concert right after they gave out the medal. So we went, I got tickets to go to one of the medal ceremonies. And then they had a concert after. And it was a band called Smash Mouth. And that was my first experience crowd surfing. So how many times have you crowd surfed? Oh, not a ton. Maybe a few other concerts. That's a lot more than but the average person. Not a ton. It's, that, that's a, maybe that's a, a large times. number, I think. Yeah. A couple times is a lot. Maybe four or five. Okay, wow. I think I didn't expect that. I'm proud of you, though. You don't look at me and just think there's a guy who crowd surfs? I wouldn't look at you and think, I want to feel responsible for carrying you and having your life in my yeah. hands. Yeah, I get that. We're going to start with your favorite drink. What is your favorite drink? Guilty pleasure drink. Oh, I have it right here in front of me. A Rockstar Zero. I like the no sugar. Uh, and this one is the punched flavor. So it just is fruit punch. Okay. So what was your favorite part of high school? We know you're, you basically founded the Utah area. You're from here. You're the native. What was your favorite part of going to high school here? My, yeah. So I, I'm from the Davis County area. Um, so if you don't know where Davis County is, but you're familiar with Utah, it's Lagoon. Lagoon is in the heart of Davis County in Farmington. I grew up a couple miles away from Lagoon. Honestly, my favorite part of high school, I would work during the summers at Lagoon. That's where I met all of my friends and the friends that I still talk to today that I still hang out with. We get together on holidays. Um, we go camping or we go on trips together. We all met working at Lagoon of all places. Okay. Well, that actually segues into our next question. Um, what was your favorite ride back then? And what is your favorite ride now? So when I worked at Lagoon, I worked there when they came out with, or when they, they uh, installed, if you know Lagoon, the Samurai. Do you remember the Samurai? Yeah, I, that's ruined some people I know. Oh, and I, I mean, I was a teenager. So back then I could ride that all day long and it just flips you and spins you all over the place. I think Cannibal is really fun. I like the big yeah. roller coasters. I like the big drop. I think that's super fun. Okay, and then we heard that you collect cards. Um, and we're wondering what the coolest one you have is. Basketball. Yeah. I'm, I'm still a total nerd growing up in the late eighties, early Mm nineties, there was nothing better than getting basketball cards. And I, in some ways I still haven't totally grown up because if I go to Walmart or target and I see a little box of basketball cards for sale, I, I still will stop and buy them. I have a John Stockton rookie card. I think that would probably be my favorite. Okay, great. We're going to segue into your career. Um, What career field did you initially think you were going to go into? Uh, So back in high school, and even before high school, I always thought for sure, I am going to be a doctor. That was my plan. So I remember telling everyone through junior high and through high school that I'm going to be a doctor. In high school, when I was, let me think, it would have been my junior year, I started taking the advanced anatomy and physiology classes uh, as Part of an anatomy and physiology class, we went to a cadaver lab. And I don't know anyone who's been in these classes before and you've been yeah. and done that, had that experience. That day is the day I realized I cannot be a doctor. Um, <laughs> I just do not do well 
blood and I, you see people get cut and it's just after that class, I realized I need to rethink what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. When I started college, I kind of branched out a little bit and I thought, what, I'm going to go try a few different classes and see what I like. And again, this is going to show you how nerdy I am. Um, I took accounting 2010 and I thought, this is the coolest thing. Accounting is awesome because it's numbers and it's, and it's managing a ledger. And I thought that was so fun. And then when I got deeper into the accounting major, I realized, oh, I, I don't know if I like this quite as much. This maybe isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just switched to a general um, strategy uh, degree. My very first call center job, I'll, I'll date myself a little bit here for those who will remember. My first call center was a company called AOL, America Online. I worked, I'm going to have to insert something for the Gen Z. I know. The AOL was a dial-up internet provider. So dial-up internet, you had to use your home phone line to connect to the internet. My job was in their retention department. So when all of these customers um, for, that had dial-up internet, they were all switching to DSL, high-speed internet, cable internet. And my job was to try and save them and get them to stay on dial-up internet. It's the like looking back on it, that is the wildest thing you could ever do. Working in a call center, I thought was really cool. I got to meet new people. There was a ton of change in the time I was there. I saw people make a lot of money, which for me at the time was super exciting. I thought, hey, maybe there's a good career path here working in contact centers or working in sales. So it kind of started me down that path. And your position when you started at Vivint was what? So I started at Vivint back in those days, back in 2013, the role was called, my title was lead supervisor. But if you work in the contact center today, it's comparable to what we have as an associate manager today. I started in customer care. So we've gone full circle. Mm -hmm. We're back to customer care. Um, But back then, customer care was just tech support. We had so much fun. We got so much, we did so many cool things in that short period of time I was in that role. We launched Salesforce. Uh, We had a fire in the call center. It was a fairly large fire to the point where we couldn't be in that building for about a year. Crazy enough, even though that was our only call center, we were able to go get everyone down into Provo and start taking phone calls in under an hour. So we set up desks in the hallways. We used training rooms. We wow. Anywhere we could find a computer in Provo, we went and put an agent and they started taking calls. So back then we had one of our executives, his name was Brian Christensen. And so after the fire happened, we had a bunch of computers overnighted. So we knew the computers were going to show up at like 9 a.m. on a certain day. Corporate, like we sent out an email to everyone saying, hey, we need help unloading computers and setting up computers. So anyone who's able to come help us unload computers. I was given the task of, hey, go make sure the computers are getting off the truck and they're getting to the right place. And so I was walking around kind of bossing people around. So I started telling him, hey, you go do this, go do this, go move these computers. And here's a guy who's one of the leaders of the whole company, and he didn't hesitate. He's doing exactly what I told him to. (laughs) Just shows you, like, good leaders are not scared to go get in the weeds yeah, get their hands dirty. Like, he he was there with us all day setting up computers. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, Old Vivint stories, I feel like, are where a lot of our culture stems from. So it's kind of cool to know um, what it was like. Um, so you're in charge of customer loyalty now, um, you and Kevin, mm-hmm. I believe just the whole customer care org. What's the one thing about your job you think most people don't know about? I have a really fun job. And I think a lot of people may not see that. I think people would be surprised how much data we walk, we go through every single day. 
I really like to get deep in the weeds on what's happening. And the best way for me to do that is to track the data and see where things are shifting. So what, what people may not see is we spend a lot of time brainstorming and coming up with crazy ideas, and then we go test it. So you'll always hear loyalty is piloting something or we're testing something or we're trying something. Um, this is like one of my favorite parts of the job I'm in right now is we get to go do that stuff. We get to go test. We get to try. Um, if I think we can predict customers who are going to cancel because they show a certain behavior, maybe they stopped using their app and they're at the end of their contract. Um, I, we can go do something about it. I know it sounds nerdy. It's data. I love Excel. For me, that is like the most fun I could have. My favorite thing is go home at night, turn on a jazz game, and then pull up some Excel spreadsheets and just start playing around with stuff. Or pull up SQL and start trying to query different things to see what can we predict? What ideas do we have? That's a fun Friday night in the Quigley household. I think you're probably, I think most people probably agree with that. That's what most people do on Friday. Yeah, most um, people, that's mm-hmm. common, right? Everyone goes home and plays in Excel Yeah, we'll a put Friday a poll night. at the bottom of this and just Ooh, see. yeah. What is the hardest piece of feedback that you've received from a leader, and how did you deal with that? I remember as a, as a fairly new leader, I think that I was a supervisor. So I had been in, on the leadership team as a supervisor for a couple of years. I probably, it was two or three years in, and I remember being told I was not I was not great at staying organized and managing my time effectively. And so you think about like, well, what does that cause at the end of the day? I was starting to miss things. Um, I was missing. And at that time, I, if I remember, I think I missed write-ups. Like I was supposed to write someone up on the team because they missed one of their important metrics, but I, I missed it. I wasn't organized. I wasn't tracking the number effectively. And so it kind of flew under my radar and I didn't, write them up and I was supposed to. That's something Mm -hmm. that um, as a leader, you have to hold your team accountable. Um, And for me, I missed that accountability piece because I wasn't managing my time effectively. And I remember sitting down with my boss at that time and he gave me that really hard feedback of, you've got to be better at this. You've got to, you have to have an intentional system in how you're managing your time and how you're managing your, um, your important tasks, the things that you have to get done at certain times. Mm-hmm. And so he sat down and we, he, he helped me build out, like this is how he manages his time. And he was a big checklist guy. So mm-hmm. he's like, every week I make a list. Here's the things I have to get done. And it's a checklist. Um, and that's still something you'll see me do. If you come into my office, you're going to see post-it notes and they're just sitting on my desk. And for me, those are my checklists. Um, I mean, that's one of them. You name If you name any area of like being a leader or being an effective employee, I guarantee I've had feedback at some point that's, Jaron, you're not doing everything you need to in this area. And Mm -hmm. you just have to, I think the most important thing is you get feedback, don't be defensive, take the feedback and just figure out instead of trying to convince yourself that it's not true and you're better than whoever thinks you are, Mm -hmm. just take the feedback and then go really analyze yourself. Like, hey, is there some truth to this? And can I get better? And I guarantee if you're getting the feedback, there's area of opportunity for you to improve, embrace it, and go improve. One, the, So, like, the last kind of topic is what are your thoughts on how to use translatable skills to move to different departments? Like mm. I feel like a lot of times people feel siloed in retention or customer care or, you know, maybe they're interested in, like, 
a door to home type of thing or, you know, mm-hmm. just different areas. How, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think so. As I think about, and maybe I'll give you just an example from my background. Like when I started at Vivint, I started in the contact center as a, a an AM level role. And then I remember we've talked about this. I'm a nerd. I like data. It, I had a, a hard conversation one day with our director and he said, Hey, I need you to go from managing a large part of the department. I want you to move to a role where no one reports to you. You're an individual contributor and you are just doing data all day long. I want you to go be our data analyst. I had built up that skill of working with data and it led me to that role, which actually at that time, that was a really hard decision for me to make to say, do I want to go be a data analyst and not run any teams, not have any direct reports? Um, But I decided I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to go build that skill because data was something I really enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. And within six months or so, I was the manager of the data analytics team for back in those days, customer care. And that led me to a whole nother. So I ran data for a couple of years and I managed that team. And then I realized, hey, is working as part of this, I really enjoy the technology piece too. And so I started working closer with our Salesforce team. And then a couple years later, I got an offer to say, hey, do you want to come be our Salesforce product manager and work in VT? Mm-hmm. So I went and spent two years in VT. Um, and that was something that I never, when I came into the role as the AM of tech support, I never thought that was going to lead me to be a product manager of Salesforce working in VT. Mm-hmm. But that's the direction it went. So I think, here, here's what I say. The people who are looking like, hey, I want to go get my foot in the door somewhere, Maybe I'm going to start in loyalty, but my dream is I want to go do something different. Maybe it's I want to go work in the analytics team. I want to go work on the finance team. Um, I think the most important thing anyone can do, my, my first piece of advice, number one, be good at what you're doing right now and focus all of your energy on being good at your current job. If you're working on the phones, be the best person you can be on the phones. If you're a supervisor, Focus all of your energy on being the best supervisor. You've got to get to a point where you are proficient and you are meeting all of those expectations and more. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got to that point, once you have, have crushed the role you're in now, then you go start thinking, where do I want to go next? And what is the skill that I need to develop to get to that next spot? The worst thing you could do is wait for the job to open up before you go start investigating, what skills do I need to be eligible for that job? And I think if you follow those things, you could really go do almost anything. Moving from the serious side, we hear you love movies. Big movie fan. Big movie fan. What is, you can either say, what's the best movie? What's your favorite movie? Interstellar. Or is it? By far. Not, it's, it's not even a debate. And I will <laughs> argue this with anyone. Interstellar by Christopher Nolan is the greatest movie that has ever been made. Okay, and so are you passionate about Hans Zimmer as well then? Because I feel like it makes the movie. Everyone should be passionate about Hans Zimmer. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen Interstellar, stop what you're doing and go watch Interstellar. Especially if you're on the clock. Would you say that you (laughs) it's a good use of company time? Uh, Maybe if you're on the clock, that may be one I'd say, hey, maybe wait till you're off and you get home tonight. But the minute you get home, (laughs) clear your schedule, whatever you're planning on doing. Interstellar. There okay. is no better way to invest three hours of your day than to watch Interstellar. It is a three-hour movie. 
Um, yeah, that's funny. And then just our last thing is, what is your guilty pleasure reality TV show? Maybe trashy TV show. Anything of that realm that's not as serious as Interstellar. Trashy TV shows. I recently, in the last couple of weeks, have started watching Lost again. It's, so could you survive in that situation? Are you? Oh, confident? not a chance. No, okay. absolutely not. Okay. I'm the first one to die. Okay. If we ever get to a, a, yeah, if I'm in a plane crash, if there's a zombie apocalypse, I am the first one gone. Yep. For right. sure, without a doubt. I did watch a season of 90 Day Fiance. Like you're watching a train wreck happen on TV. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jaren, for coming on. Thanks, everyone. Bye.